Today is going to be like this big, super serious day in Major League Baseball. They're expected to announce the owners are the pushback of spring training. There's going to be press conferences. There's going to be people talking. It's not going to be polite and upbeat. So, ray of sunshine that I am, I'm here to offer you something completely ridiculous. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins, the other two teams I cover in town. This is going to be about that stupid sign. You know, it's funny. I've made a case about the Pirates charity sign that stands atop the right field seating section for years. I've done this almost entirely on social media, and I'm pretty sure I've never actually sat down and shared what it is that I hate about this thing. But to begin, my context for this is the obvious, and that is that PNC Park is the most beautiful ballpark in America, the most beautiful sporting facility I've seen anywhere in the world. Say every terrible thing you want about the product it's housed for two decades now, about the owner who's been in charge for a decade and a half over there, but for the ballpark itself, other than some smallish concourses that could really use additional space, especially on the second tier, you know, if they ever get back to selling games out again, places it's close to perfect you know it's it's a it's a dream come true as a pittsburgher as a pittsburgh baseball fan to have that place situated the way it is right there at the other end of the 6th street bridge facing downtown right on the allegheny river with the stone facade being inspired by the stone of the Allegheny County Courthouse, our greatest old building on Grand Street. The little windows, those block windows that you see down at the bottom, those are based off the courthouse too. The exposed blue steel showing off our strength, showing off our steel heritage. The 38,000 seats that allow for an open outfield that allow for a view that's unlike any, not just in baseball, in sports. The place is almost perfect. And then one day in 2006, they put up that damned sign. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone. An eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. 
It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. For anyone who doesn't know, that damned sign originally went up to commemorate the All-Star Game that was held at PNC Park in 2006. The All-Star Game didn't need a sign. It's the All-Star Game. You put bunting all over the place. You hang banners. You put signs up on the streets. You hang larger-than-life posers. It didn't need a permanent sign. But that's what they built, this ugly blue square that allowed for a white backdrop to the logo, which is something even 7-Eleven would have rejected. And they put within that the All-Star Game logo that local artist Morris Burton had brilliantly conceived. Just a great logo. The problem was the sign itself, the structure around it, was crafted as a permanent thing. And what they could have been thinking when they did that, who knows? Who knows? Because the River Life Task Force, that it doesn't govern our city's riverfront property, but they oversee it, and you have to get stuff through them. You have to get approval through them in order to get the permits that you need to get anything done. River Life Task Force, not in a million, million years, would approve ice-cold advertising up there. So it's not like they put the All-Star logo there thinking someday we're going to turn it into advertising, although I've heard on occasion that this has crossed their mind. It has no chance, no chance of being approved. Not there. So here it is. Here's this sign. The All-Star game is over after 2006, and what do you do with it? Well, you can't put advertising up. Um, I don't know. What about... I don't know, what about our charity drive or something? Okay, yeah, let's put the charities up there. So they did that because they had nothing else and couldn't do anything else. And they put the Pirates Charities logo up there. Do you know who advertises their own charities? You know who does this? Nobody! Nobody advertises their own charities. You have nothing to gain from it. You're not soliciting donors or donations or anything. Pirates Charities itself, the organization, the people who are affiliated with it, and I know a few of them, it's a great thing. This has nothing to do with Pirates Charities. That's just what they threw up there because they had nothing else. So what's wrong with this structure? What's so offensive about it? Why do I make such a big deal out of it? When someone brings this up with me, like, yeah, I know how you hate that charity sign. I really hate it, too, because I it blocks my view of the skyline. And I got to tell you, that's never been it for me. I mean, that's not great either, okay? But it's always been about the downtown view back to the stadium. If you go back to the original architectural renderings of PNC Park. There is a symmetrical beauty to the way the outfield 
was designed from the downtown view to be seen. If you think about, depending on how much time you spend downtown, walking up or even driving up Stanwyck Street in the direction of PNC Park, you see it over there. You see the right field facade. And once you get out to Fort Duquesne Boulevard and you can see the full stadium, you see what the architects had in mind when they used the lettering PNC Park across those arches that are out there along the riverfront. Everything was designed with an absolutely pristine, I'm going to use this word again, symmetry. It was all about symmetry. And then comes this stupid blue square out of nowhere that pops up between two of those letters that has no rhyme or reason to anything else around it. And it totally threw out of whack that symmetry. Not everyone's going to be into this. Believe me, not everyone's going to care. But to me, you have something that's already perfect. And then you go and you deliberately deface it and then just let it sit there for 15 years for no reason, serving no purpose whatsoever. And I'm reminded of this right about now because if you've been around the ballpark the past few days, you'll notice that a lot of the PNC signage is down and it's currently being replaced. That's because with the new naming rights deal, the extension that the team and the bank signed, the bank asked for the signage to look a lot more like, you know, PNC Bank. So you'll see logos that look a lot more, um, there'll be the standard blue, but if you're familiar with the bank's logo, there's a lot of orange in it too. So you'll see some of that. Actually, honestly, that part doesn't bug me at all. You know, the bank paid a zillion dollars to have its name stamped on there. They can have their logo on the outside of the building. That's fine. Take the stupid sign down. Restore the original symmetry of the world's most beautiful sporting facility. Get out of the way again. Take the L. Also, and related, if you're a Twitter person, by all means, go follow the Pirates Charity Sign account. I have met the young man responsible for this thing. Uh, he purports to be the embodiment of the Pirates Charity Sign. Has an awful lot of fun uh, at a lot of people's expense, notably mine. Good, good stuff. When we come back, just one question. Actual baseball. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to today's J1Q 
comes from Ben Latrario who asks, what would your starting rotation look like for the Pirates this year? Well, presuming there is a year, and we're going to find out more about that later today, I strongly suspect, when we start listening in on some of these announcements and press conferences and everything else. Spring training's definitely getting delayed. I can't see how anyone would be rushing to some kind of agreement from there, although the owners are supposed to make some sort of counterproposal finally this Saturday. But playing along with you here, Ben, rotation. Well, without putting anybody in order, because first of all, the order never matters. And secondly, Derek Shelton is always going to set up his order to go with certain pitching matchups and certain opponents and so forth. So let's go with the old school definition of rotation as opposed to the one that the Pirates are attempting to put forth that says, well, we need 10 starters this year. Yes, they do need 10 starters over the course of the year, and they're going to send that message in spring training like they do every year so that those other pitchers who get cut or who get sent back to Indy, the Cody Ponce types, know that at some stage of the season, they're going to get some starts in Pittsburgh. It might be first game of a doubleheader. might be injury recalls. That's most likely. might be performance-based. Whatever it is, X number of guys know they're going to make it back up. So they talk about 10. In reality, though, if you go back over the 2021 season, the first full season under Shelton, you'll see that it was, for the most part, a basic rotation. There were some six sneaked into there, but it was mostly five. So in trying to do this for you, here's what I've got. In the absolutely going to be in there category, I'll go with JT Brubaker, Mitch Keller, Bryce Wilson. How's that? That's three. I would love to see Rowanzi Contreras start the season in the majors just for selfish entertainment purposes. I don't know that he will. I think there might be a little bit of seasoning to be had in Indianapolis, as well as some caution related to his having been shut down last year because of an elbow injury that fortunately for all concerned didn't require surgery. So you're going to see some caution there which is understandable. The same applies to another guy I have on this list, Miguel Yahure, who had a very similar injury issue, but then it all got complicated later in the year, and he really wasn't ever himself. Unlike Contreras, who seemed to bounce back almost to the full degree. So I'd like to put Contreras and Yahure in here. I'm not comfortable doing either. So from there, I've also got Will Crow, who he kind of finished okay. I wasn't nuts about him most of the season, but he started showing some things with a good change up in September, and maybe he's ready to take that next step and solidify that and have a more of a multiple pitch mix than what he's shown. Maybe some kind of edge, you know? That's the thing that frustrates me about Crow is that 
you don't get the feeling that he's got that one pitch that when he really, really needs to get somebody under that he that he, he can just unearth it. He doesn't show that very often. So maybe it's Crow. What am I up to here? Four plus the two guys that I'm kind of putting in the FE category. And yeah, go sign some people, Ben. <laughs> this is where Ben Charrington has to get to work. There's no way around that whatever you think of where the Pittsburgh Pirates are, not the organization, the Pittsburgh Pirates are, from a depth chart standpoint, that it's still at its worst at starting pitcher. Yeah, I know they don't have a first baseman. They need corner outfielders, et cetera, et cetera. But the biggest difference between the Pirates and actual contenders is starting pitching. I blew through a couple of these guys as if they're not question marks, and they absolutely are. I like Brubaker a lot, but Brubaker gave up 500 home runs last summer. That's not going to fly. I like what everybody's been seeing on social media and Instagram about the offseason that Keller's having and blistering the ball in there at 100 miles an hour, throwing his off-speed stuff in the mid-90s. Like, wow, that's awesome. And I just don't care until I see it. And not in spring training. Definitely not on Instagram. Do it at PNC Park. Wilson's another one. We didn't see that much of him after he came over in the trade from Atlanta. He was he was one of those guys that he'd get through about three innings and change, and you'd say, hey, maybe this guy is crack, 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 and, and, and that was it. He looks okay. He doesn't floor you. He, he looks kind of like a slightly better Will Crow at the moment. So this doesn't really answer your question, or maybe it kind of does. You know, this is this is what this rotation is right now. They wouldn't surprise too many people if they were good. They wouldn't surprise anybody if they were bad. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do one tomorrow that'll go over all the events that I'm expecting to take place today. 